Good morning, and welcome to Simply Science. It's Tuesday, February 13th. On today's show, UK scientists ignite hope for a clean power future with record-breaking fusion energy output, and scientists identify water molecules on asteroids for the first time. Plus, we'll hear from three award-winning scientists on their pioneering work, its positive impact, and the gender gap in STEM. This coverage and more, up next. I'm David, and you're listening to Simply Science. We start off with some electrifying news from the world of nuclear fusion. Following the recent American inertial fusion breakthrough, UK scientists have now announced a record-breaking energy output from their own fusion experiment. Here to delve into this is our correspondent, Celeste. Can you tell us more about this achievement? Certainly, David. The Joint European Taurus, or JET, managed to squeeze out 69.26 megajoules of energy from just 0.21 milligrams of fuel in a test that lasted five seconds. To put that into perspective, that's the equivalent energy you'd get from two kilograms of coal. The fuel used was a mixture of two types of heavy hydrogen, deuterium and tritium. That's quite impressive. But what's the significance of this achievement? This achievement is a world record. But JET isn't aiming to be the final power station. It's a pathfinder, paving the way for larger prototypes set to launch next year that promise to generate 10 to 25 times the energy they consume. Moreover, JET's success validates the tokamak design, a donut-shaped chamber where powerful magnets hold the superheated plasma that fuels the fusion reaction. What are the challenges involved in creating and controlling this plasma? Creating and controlling plasma at temperatures exceeding 100 million degrees is indeed a challenge. There are two key issues, managing the intense heat, which can damage the chamber walls, and maintaining stability, as bursts of energy can cause disruptions. JET has demonstrated techniques to soften this heat and control the plasma edge, preventing these bursts and ensuring smooth operation. And how does this achievement contribute to the broader goal of fusion power? While a commercial fusion power plant is still decades away, these breakthroughs are like stepping stones across a river, each one bringing us closer to the other side. The UK's achievement, coupled with the recent American success, demonstrates that there are multiple paths to this clean energy future. Scientists hope that with continued experimentation and collaboration, these technologies can be refined and help us move towards a cleaner world powered by the stars right here on Earth. Thanks for that report, Celeste. Speaking of looking forward to the future, let's turn our attention to a groundbreaking discovery in space science. Scientists have identified water molecules on asteroids for the first time using data from the Retired Stratospheric Observatory for Infrared Astronomy, or SOFIA, a joint project of NASA and the German Space Agency at DLR. Here to discuss this further is James, a correspondent for Simply Science. James, can you tell us more about this discovery and its significance? Certainly, David. The scientists from the Southwest Research Institute looked at four silicate-rich asteroids and were able to isolate mid-infrared spectral signatures indicative of molecular water on two of them. This is a significant discovery because asteroids are remnants from the planetary formation process and their compositions can vary based on where they formed in the solar nebula. 
And why is the distribution of water on asteroids of particular interest to scientists? The distribution of water on asteroids can provide insights into how water was delivered to Earth. Furthermore, understanding the location and composition of asteroids can tell us about the distribution and evolution of materials in the solar nebula. This information can also guide us in our search for potential life, both in our solar system and beyond. How were the scientists able to detect these water molecules? The scientists detected a feature that is unambiguously attributed to molecular water on the asteroids Iris and Massalia. They were inspired by the team that found molecular water on the sunlit surface of the moon and thought they could use SOFIA to find this spectral signature on other bodies. SOFIA had previously detected water molecules in one of the largest craters in the moon's southern hemisphere. What about the other two asteroids that were studied? The data from the other two asteroids, Parthenope and Melpomene, were too noisy to draw a definitive conclusion. The forecast instrument used in the study was not sensitive enough to detect the water spectral feature if present. However, the team is now planning to use NASA's James Webb Space Telescope, which has precise optics and a superior signal-to-noise ratio, to investigate more targets. What are the future plans for this research? The team has already conducted initial measurements for another two asteroids with the James Webb Space Telescope during its second cycle. They have also proposed to look at another 30 targets in the next cycle. These studies will further enhance our understanding of the distribution of water in the solar system. That was Simply Science reporter James with a fascinating discovery. Speaking of groundbreaking work, the L'Oreal UNESCO for Women in Science Singapore 2023 recently celebrated three pioneering women scientists for their trailblazing work. Their research areas range from embryonic development to organic electronics to sustainable chemical reactions. Here to discuss their work, their experiences as women in STEM, and why we need more girls in the lab is our correspondent, Michael. Can you tell us more about these three scientists and their work? Certainly, David. Dr. Shui Shifeng from the National University of Singapore is working to prevent birth defects by studying genetic mutations that affect human embryo development. Her discoveries include identifying gene mutations leading to babies being born without a nose. Dr. Leo Wan Ru from ASTAR's Institute of Sustainability for Chemicals, Energy and Environment and Nanyang Technological University has carried out pioneering work in the production of ethylene oxide a widely used compound in the plastics industry, powered by renewable electricity with no carbon emissions. Lastly, Dr. Le Yang, group leader and principal scientist at ASTAR, is focused on organic and flexible electronics, developing energy-efficient devices and accessible health metrics for a more sustainable and user-centric future. These are indeed trailblazing works. Can you tell us more about the L'Oreal UNESCO for Women in Science initiative? The L'Oreal UNESCO for Women in Science initiative aims to bridge the gender gap in the field of science. It shines a light on pioneering women whose work is having a significant positive impact, with the hope of encouraging more women and girls to pursue studies and careers in science. As Tomas Ruska, managing director of L'Oreal Singapore, put it, the world needs science, and science needs women. That's a powerful statement. Now let's talk about Dr. Shue Shifeng, what can you tell us about her research and its significance? 
Dr. Shui Shifeng's research is focused on understanding how genes are turned on and off during development to make a healthy baby and what happens when the process goes wrong. One of her significant achievements has been the identification of genetic mutations causing individuals to be born without a nose, a condition known as Bosma Arrhenia Microphthalmia Syndrome. Her work not only provides a profound understanding of the gene's role in early embryonic development, but also simplifies and facilitates diagnosis for patients, particularly in cases involving never-seen-before conditions. That's fascinating. Now, as a woman in science, how has Dr. Shifeng experienced the gender gap? Dr. Shifeng acknowledges that a common deterrent for women to pursue science is the perceived incompatibility of being a scientist with having a family. However, she believes that with proper time management and institutional and family support, having a family can go in parallel with the demands of doing science. She herself was inspired by her mother, who worked as an engineer, and showed her that it's possible to have a successful career and raise a family. That's an important perspective. Finally, why does Dr. Shifeng believe it's important to encourage women and girls to pursue science, and what advice does she have for the next generation? Dr. Shifeng believes that science needs a diversity of ideas and experiences, and the best ideas may not necessarily come from the most senior or male person in the room. She encourages young women or girls considering a career in science to seize the opportunity. She suggests looking out for platforms such as the L'Oreal for Women in Science programs and finding mentors and sponsors who can help promote them. She also recommends doing internships in laboratories to gain experience and to get a feel for whether this is something they enjoy. Thanks for those inspiring insights, Michael. Speaking of inspiring, let's turn our attention to the stars. The Space Shuttle Endeavour has been moved to liftoff position inside the soon-to-be Samuel Ocean Air and Space Center at the California Science Center. This move is part of an expansion that will add to the museum's series of educational programs. Here to discuss this further is Bella, a correspondent for Simply Science. Can you tell us more about this move and what it means for the California Science Center? Certainly, David. The Space Shuttle Endeavour has been in a horizontal position since it flew to space in 2011. It has been sitting in a lateral grounded position in a hangar next to the Science Center since it arrived in 2012. The process to get the 172,000-pound shuttle upright was a long road. The California Science Center decided to follow the same procedures that NASA used on every launch at Kennedy Space Center. Can you tell us more about the process of moving the shuttle to an upright position? The process, known as the go for stack process, took approximately six months. It started with the installation of the aft skirts onto the bottom of the exhibit to provide structural support for the solid rocket boosters and external tank. The shuttle then had to be attached to the seismic isolators beneath the building, a common procedure in Southern California museums to prepare for possible earthquakes. And where will the Endeavor reside now? Endeavor will now permanently reside in the California Science Center in Exposition Park, just a couple of yards away from USC's University Park campus. Expo Park is now the only area outside of a NASA facility to have a shuttle moved in this way on its grounds and the only place on Earth to see a fully assembled space shuttle system. What can visitors expect from the new Samuel Oshin Air and Space Center? The Samuel Oshin Air and Space Center 
which will be built around the shuttle, will be open to the public in a few years. The center's CEO, Jeffrey Rudolph, is excited about the hands-on interactive experience Endeavor will provide, including allowing guests to be extremely close to an object once flown through outer space. How did the shuttle arrive at the California Science Center? The shuttle arrived in Los Angeles atop a modified Boeing 747 in 2012. It was then paraded through the streets from LAX to its home in Expo Park. Thousands of onlookers witnessed the shuttle move through LA, with even more watching at home. The process took more than a year to plan every inch of Endeavor's journey across the city. What impact does the California Science Center hope to have with this new exhibit? The California Science Center, which was the seventh most visited museum in North America in 2019, is seen as a crucial channel to educate the next generation in STEM. The center currently averages 2.2 million visitors annually, 400,000 of whom were school children. The hope is that the Endeavor exhibit will inspire young kids to go into STEM fields by getting them hooked on the idea of space exploration. That was Simply Science reporter Bella. Thanks so much for being here. And with that, we wrap up our stories for today. Thanks for listening to Simply Science. We'll see you back here tomorrow.